Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest indoor adventure in our homebrew campaign here on twitch.tv slash the indoor adventurer. I'm letting all of you audio cast people know where you can find us uh, Monday and Tuesday, 530 Pacific Standard Time. So if you like these audio casts, consider uh, following that link that we just then said. Uh, so that way you can enjoy all of our voices live in front of not really like a studio audience, but kind of. And we've been told that we're all very attractive. By yes, at all least of us. one person. At least one. It might have been Greybeard hiding out, disguising themselves as somebody else, but that's okay. <laughs> no, no. One of my friends said we're all attractive. So that's two people. Okay, that's oh. easily that's easily top one hundred on iTunes worthy. So like, come on, guys, help us out <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but that being said, hello everybody and welcome. Uh, so we are, uh, let's just recap a little bit of the events that transpired last week. So, uh, after talking more, uh, amongst each other, as well as, uh, Calum, three of you decided that you were going to take the initiative, uh, to try and find out more about this shield situation, as Calum has a, uh, a spirit that lives inside of it named Amaris, which definitely has put Blake and Corey both uh, on kind of a, a sour path in regards to the shield itself, just given their uh, back history as well as their uh, just general dislike of undead things, uh, that which this spirit does uh, exude a little bit of. Gwen, you tried your best to get into a spiritual contact with this shield, uh, to which you did not. But you had told Blake that uh, it was the spirit of a dread pirate, Roberts, to which he believed, but Corey quickly dissuaded that information from coming to light. Uh, you then ended up reconvening with Calum, where he found a uh, that the sp the staff that you guys had found previously was actually a staff of the adder, and allows him to turn the end of his staff into an actual snake to bite out at things, uh, which seems pretty cool. Uh, after you guys had kind after you guys had spent uh, spent a night on the ship. Uh, still just kind of feeling a little bit weird about the events that transpired the night before. Uh, Blake, you having had a dream with Makoff, uh, who came to just talk to you easier than using sending so many times uh, over a period of days or even a day. Uh, to just to kind of get a better understanding. And you had asked her to research more about the Dark Star, a, uh, a giant black void in the sky that just seems to be steadily approaching behind the moon or at least that is what Corey had uh let you guys know from her previous experience uh and the previous knowledge that she had gained through that you then decided to uh enjoy yourselves up on the deck sparring kind of learning how to how to pilot the ship uh and that is when you saw a secondary vessel appear uh, as well as a creature fly up into the sky uh, and over the course of combat you ended up fighting off a series of pirates as well as a cyclops and blake just mercilessly killed a manticore as it tried to fly away the four keeps once more doing an excellent job at defending the midnight's dancer uh you then commandeered this ship uh tied up the pirates that were there um 
And Gwen, who had gotten smashed through the floor of the, or the deck of the ship into a downstairs compartment, ended up finding a large barrel, which she assumed was full of grog. But however, this barrel was full of four winged kobolds who introduced themselves after a handshake out to Gwen with the names of Shu, Gurn, Malk, and Tivin. And just based on how they have pointed themselves out, Gurn, the one uh, to introduce himself, uh, is a lighter red cobalt. He has the very atypical snout. Uh, and each one of these cobalts does have wings on their back. Uh, and he seems to be wearing a uh, little loincloth uh, around his front as well as like kind of a tattered shirt. Uh, and he goes to shake your hand. And you can see then uh, that there is Shu, uh, who is always seems to be wringing his hands, kind of looking around nervously, doesn't really know uh, a whole lot about what's going on you would expect. Uh, then there is Tiffin, who is a more brownish color. He has a shorter snout. Uh, and then there is Malk, who is the taller and paler of the two, or of the four. Uh, I'm sorry, what was the tib Tivin? Tivin. Tivin. All right. Uh, he's going to reach out his hand. Gwenda is going to reach out her hand and squeeze his hand very tightly, kind of bringing him in closer to her. And she's going to say, look, if you're going to fuck with shit on this boat, I swear to God, I will end you and throw you overboard. Do you understand me? Because I'm not having it right now. No, 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 no. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Look, we're not here to try and um, mess with things. We just wanted to go on an adventure. That was it. All right, cool. And then she lets go. I need to go train. Uh, let's go uh, tell the people you're here. Okay. If you're okay with that. Uh, I don't know how we how you could hide us for so long. Yep. Otherwise, All right, come um, on. Oh. Follow me, little ones. All right, and so these four are just kind of uh, marching off after you. <laughs> And I'm just going to go upstairs on the deck. And Gwen's just going to put her hands up. I made friends! Coriander is like literally in the middle of trying to lift a cyclops to try and rescue Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's like, it like mid like squat and she's just like turns around and then just drops him. Gwen! <laughs> we're, we're keeping them, so... And they have I, names. They'll introduce themselves. <laughs> you just see walking. a series of four heads all just kind of peek out from behind Gwen. And they're all each, like, holding on to each other's back as they do. Scooby-Doo totem pole. <laughs> uh, what? Coriander will approach. They oh, were, uh, they're stowaways uh, on this ship. Uh, so... They need our protection. Oh, we well. are stowaway. Uh, and you see that the taller, paler one uh, is kind of just saying there, and that is the uh, that is what he kind of chimes up. And Gurn just sort of like pats at him a little bit. He says, "No, no stowaway. We were told we could go on an adventure, so right. we hopped in the <laughs> barrel and." Now we're on an adventure! And he just kind of, like, raises his hands up. 
Who told you, who exactly told you you were going on an adventure? He did. And he, uh, Gern points over to, uh, the pirate, the enemy captain, uh, that seems to have been knocked out and then tied up against the mast. I see. Hmm. Do, do you know the name of this ship? Uh, and Gern just says, which ship? This ship? That ship. Oh, the one that we're on? No. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> nice to meet you all. Corey's gonna wander <laughs> off. <laughs> and she's gone. <laughs> okay, and as you do, you see them kind of, like, shy away from you as a group. Mm-hmm. And then they just steadily kind of... Uh, <laughs> They just sort of like hopple and, hop and hobble and kind of chase themselves over towards Gwen, not really knowing what else to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, four stowaways or four pirates? I don't think they knew that they were being pirates. I think, have you guys been in a barrel for days? Only a few hours. It were was cramped. <laughs> were you on land before that? For a while, yeah. Uh, which land? Which island? Yeah. And they kind of look at each other, and then uh, you see that uh, the nervous-looking one, uh, Shu, says, Oh, we came from the Isle! The Isle of Rask! Uh, okay. We're heading there now. Malk leans over, you weren't supposed to say that, and just kind of like bats Shu a little bit. Uh, and Gurn just smacks the two of them as well and just, all right, look, we were part of a military thing. Um, just wanted to not be part of that anymore. So we left. And those guys seem like they were stand-up individuals, so we volunteered to work on their boats. And next thing are we you know. S- what? Are you saying you ran away from service? Well, I'm not saying that. Uh, and then you hear uh, Malk just say, Yeah, Shu usually says that. Kind of like points over at the other one, who just looks really nervously back at him. Uh, so it's even better than if we had four pirates. We have four deserters. But no, 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 no. Um, what if, hear me out, we were kidnapped. We were, that way, we didn't desert, right? And he kind of like looks to the other kobolds and they all just nod. Gwen's gonna sigh real big and then she's gonna take her axe from her back and like set it down on the ground. You guys got about five seconds to get your story straight. Cause right now it looks like you guys are worth a lot of money to me. They all just kind of like look back and forth and just, we know how to work a ship. Yeah, we're about to get off of one. Well, you'll be on an island. Do you plan on staying there for a while? Until we can seek passage elsewhere. Well, uh, what if, what if you had a crew on your ship? That could be us. Uh, it doesn't help us if we don't have a ship. Um, 
that's true. Um, there, there is an auction that you could go to if you were looking for cheap ships. Yep, and that costs money. Money that we can get by turning you in. So you <laughs> need to tell us exactly what your story is and convince us of your worth really quickly. Uh, I, yep. I, I don't think Blake is charisma, charismatic enough to do that, actually. <laughs> uh, this is an intimidation role for them. Okay. I will say you can use your strength all right. Oh. All right. My God. Uh, intimidation with my strength modifier, that would be a 17. Okay. Fuck yeah, I'm Gwen now. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I hit the wrong button. That's okay. We're getting it taken care of. There. <laughs> so, uh,. You got a 17. They got 10 less than that. Uh, so all of them just sort of like bring their hands up and like bring their wings out a little bit to kind of look bigger. Uh, and you can see that they are kind of just like shaking a little bit. Um, and uh, then Gurn steps forward again and just says, um, we... What's the, what's the, what's uh, Olivier's crew doing right now? Olivia's crew is currently taking stock of everything uh, that is on the other ship, as well as maintaining the two. Uh, and you see that uh, Olivia has taken notice that you are talking to four kobolds. Uh, and she kind of looks at you a little confused, but is kind of also in the middle of doing something else. Does, does she seem like she wants to take the other ship uh she is looking like she is at least going to be bringing the ship with her it's roughly around the same size as her ship is okay uh i kind of want to just like flag her like fly her over whenever she has a moment okay uh yeah so uh we'll say that she's uh she frees up fairly quickly uh and so as you flag her over you see uh her just kind of adjust her her large hat uh and then begins walking over towards you and just kind of take uh takes note of these uh winged creatures well 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 what little stories we have here just well, like i said we're not stowaways we're not stowaways we we're out at a bar and yeah, I don't really care right now. Okay, there are things I need to deal with. Uh, what? Yes, Blake. Are you uh, are you planning to take the other ship with you? Uh, take it as your as your spoils. Well, I'm going to take it to Rask and then uh, sell it to the, the authorities. Uh, it is a known pirate's vessel uh so they will have to go through and make sure to change the name and clean it all out make sure it's ready for resale and then they will sell it at uh at an auction all right uh, so these I mean, four... we don't get to keep it i mean if you want to if you want to keep it yourselves you can mm. but if you are looking for uh money like i'm um, 
I believe uh, your friend has said uh, on several occasions, then selling the ship would probably be one of the better options. Hmm. Oh, you're right. Coriander tosses a list of boat names into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I thought that uh, since your ship had taken it, it, it eventually belonged to you. So whatever you would like to do with it is your prerogative. Okay. Um... Uh, but what I was going to say is these four uh, apparently deserters uh, know how to work a ship. If uh, And so when you say that, she kind of squats down to get eye level uh, with these individuals. She says, deserters, eh? So why would I want four little winged deserters to, pi to fly around and pilot one of my ships. Now you're going to answer me truthfully. And when she says that, you see that the silver flames just kind of ignite in her eyes again. Why should I keep you? Why should I keep any of you for? And they just kind of like jaws drop a little bit. They have not seen anything like this uh, before. And Gurn just, or uh, Malk says, I'm good at the rigging. Uh, and Gurn uh, just kind of puts his arms to his sides uh, and says, I'm good at the crow's nest. Um, and then Tivin uh, says, um, I'm good at piloting. They all just kind of like look at him. He doesn't really say much. Uh, and then uh, she says, uh, I'm good at navigating. And she just sort of looks at the four of them. Why is it that you defected? And they look at each other and then look back. Um... We had heard about adventure before, and it, it sounded fun. And uh, then he says, "Well, there's lots of there's lots of brain thinking, and, and Malk thinks that it's it sounds a lot of fun." She looks at them, and so you just wanted to adventure for fun. They all just sort of nod. She puts her hand out and you see that they kind of flinch back and she sets it on one of their shoulders and she said that was good enough for me it's good enough for you as well I stand proud she stands up with them she looks to the the four of you my plan was to sell the ship selling it to the city I will get roughly 2,000 gold if you can provide me, if you let me collect your fees from Denzig for protecting this ship, as well as let me collect the fee for the pirates, you can have this ship and you can have these cobalts as well.
Maintenance, of course, is going to be on you. Feeding these four also is going to be on you. But you will have a place of your own upon the sea. Now, we still have a day before we get back to Arask. You can think about this. I have a dead Cyclops to take care of, and one of our men wants to circle around in a boat, grab that manticore body, and see if we can harvest it for something. And, she and as just... she said that, <laughs> you just see Gwen with the body of the Cyclops over her head, and she just hucks it into the water. <laughs> and hey. gives it the finger. <laughs> Yeah, there is just a loud ploosh sound as this body goes into the water and then just kind of floats next to you for quite a while. Or he's just looking at Blake. Somewhat eagerly. I'll be quite honest, I really don't want to want a boat. But I, I feel like this is a team decision. If I'm going to be honest, a boat sounds really cool. But likewise, it is a team decision. So. All right, let's. Uh, I don't need any help uh, getting the salvage uh, or the bodies. Um. And Olivia is already walked off. Uh, but the kobolds look back and they just say, oh, cool. we could get it. We could, we could grab it and then we could fly here and just pull it. Wait, the four of you are strong enough to carry a winged... No, we just drag forward. it through the water. We don't actually have to pick it up. We just need to kind of push it. Oh, that would actually be helpful. They all just kind of, like, look at each other and not, we're helpful, we're very helpful. And then they just fly off and uh, begin heading off towards where Beatrice had fallen. Beatrice the Manticore. Rip. <laughs> Leaving, I believe, Corey, Blake, Gwen, you were there as well. Uh, and Caleb, what had you been doing? Uh... He is probably patching up the pirates. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, make a medicine check. Especially on that acid burnt one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is a 12. Okay. Uh, so you know that most of these guys should be fine, given a little bit of time. Uh, most of their wounds you were able to kind of suture up and close pretty easily. Uh, and then you actually get to one of them and you can see that like their lips are a little cracked and dried out uh, and they are actually showing signs of scurvy. Oh, um, do we have any lemons? Uh, and Olivia just sort of like looks, uh, looks at you as they are under is a deck. Uh, why is this one sick? Yes, scurvy. Oh, boo hoo! He's out on the <laughs> ocean all the time. This is his own fault. <laughs> he can wait a day for us to take him back to the shore. 
Sir, do you have proper access to vitamin C? <laughs> Just passed out. Oh. You got proper access to vitamin D? Oh! Thank you, Gwen. Um, the guy with the acid burns. Is he, like, really fucked up? He had one HP when he surrendered. Uh, he Caleb. is still awake in a lot of pain, but he's awake and tied up. Caleb's going to touch him and give him a cure. Okay. And this uh, this duder heals eight HP. Okay. Sounds good. I'll mark that down. Ugh. Okay. So you are healing this guy. Uh, Corey and Blake, you guys are having your discussion about uh, whether or not you should keep a boat. Gwen, what was your take on this? Uh, once uh, Avadzik... No. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, once uh, the pirate captain came over uh, and started talking, she was like, adults got this. I'm going to do something else. So she went over and hucked that dude into the water, and then I think she would have gone back over to her their ship and probably gone down in the basement and started training because she's pretty pissed off. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, so Blake and Corey make... Uh, what are you guys doing then? Now that you see uh, Gwen is just kind of like stormed down below the ship, uh, the ship's deck, and then Calum is over there healing up your uh, adversaries. I think they're going back and forth on whether or not they should keep the boat. Um, and, like, for the most part, Coriander's agreeing with him that they probably shouldn't keep the boat, but then she'll counter that argument with, um, but it would just be so cool. It's a, like, but we could be privateers. Or, well, you know, it'd just be really neat. Hmm? We, could, we could call it we could give it a really cool name and it just be just be really cool. But you're right, it's 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 probably not very you know, practical. But the, it's already got a crew. I'll just let her go back and forth with this. <laughs> oh yeah. No, Corey is definitely having this like internal debate about this just... whole thing. She's just putting words into his mouth, like having, like he's he's the the like the word reason. She's like, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Like, how are we going to maintain it? Okay. <laughs> and you're right. And just back and forth, back and forth. All right. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Eventually, uh, Gwen, as you are training, uh, mm -hmm. that is when you actually see Cybra come out uh, below the deck and she just sort of looks at you um, and then her her tongue sort of flops out and she just kind of like happily comes up to you. Um, and she's Gwen swinging her uh, practice axe around, which is a little bit heavier than her normal one. Um, and if Cyber comes up to her, she's just gonna like, Go, dude, no, get out of here. I'm busy. And she's gonna try and shove her away. Okay. She'll just move off to the side and then sit and just look at you. Yeah, Gwen will just continue to practice her her moves. Yep. Uh, Cyber will definitely just hang out and watch. Uh, mm -hmm. And Calum, uh, as you 
uh, go around these different individuals. Uh, you realize that one of them, while passed out, is uh, is actually not very well tied up at all. Uh, so using the uh, skills that you had gotten from a Christmas gift from a Tuesday night member, uh, you actually completely like, no, this is how it should be. And you re-rope this, uh, this pirate oh, yeah. so that way he's tied up. Oh, hemp rope. Hold on. Uh-huh. Don't want to waste the good silk rope. All right. Uh, so yeah, you finish tying up. Uh, finish tying up these pirates. Uh, and the way that you're working it as well is that uh, it's very much kind of like an interlinked rope. So one of them, uh, if they try and move, then another one is also going to kind of get caught. Uh, so none of them can really uh, get out. And that's when you see, as you finish healing up these pirates, that your cobalt friends are actually flying back, just kind of pulling this large creature through the water. Huh. That's a lot more massive close-up. Or actually, you wouldn't you wouldn't know these kobolds yet. You would have seen Corey and, uh, and Blake talking to them, and then they would have flown off, and now you just see them kind of coming back. Uh, guys? And Oliviette uh, comes up to you and just, what, what is it? Manticore overboard? Oh. Oh, they actually brought it over. That's very helpful. Okay. And she just kind of like walks over to the side of the ship, just doesn't even, does not meet your sense of urgency. <laughs> very nonplussed about it. Yeah. Uh, and she kind of uh, looks around, just, where's that small one? She would be very helpful in this. Uh, you, kill him. Uh, where's yeah. Gwen? Did I see her go down? Please don't tell me. Uh, <laughs> Make a perception check. Phrasing. Um, 17. Yeah, you would have I seen Gwen go uh, go below the deck into the hold below. I can go get her. Oh, thank you. Uh, and she's going to go over and start, uh, start directing people to kind of like put cords uh, and ropes around this creature so that way they can actually pull it up with a pulley. Yeah, okay down looking for Gwen probably hears the grunting mm-hmm. and Gwen's in her training outfit which is just like just her crop top like halter top thing and uh, her leggings and she's barefoot <laughs> hair pulled back flash dance um <laughs> can like peeks over a box hey Gwen what Jesus what uh, they got the manticore. Sweet. Yeah, uh, I think Olivia needs your help with it. There's like 20 people up on deck. Does she need me? Well, she uh, she specifically asked for you. Um, Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm just training. Oh. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, your help would be appreciated. Um fine. And she takes the the practice axe and slams it in the ground and it's wood and the floor is wood, but it still goes in the <laughs> the ground a little bit. Caleb's eyes like go wide <laughs> like uh she just starts <laughs> up the stairs. It is like stomping with purpose into a direction. Mhm. 
Kim just turns to Cyber. Did I say something wrong? Cyber tilts her head at you and just doesn't really seem to uh, doesn't really seem to get it. But she comes up to you though, kind of like nuzzles mm-hmm. against you. Uh, so then Gwen, you, uh, you emerge back on deck and you can see that, uh, there are ropes that have been put around the manticore onto the, uh, other ship and they have a, uh, a rigging set up. So that way, uh, they would just need somebody to pull this rope, uh, and then they could lift the manticore out, swing it onto the ship, uh, the ship's deck and then set it down. Okay. Um, I just looked up to see how much a manticore would weigh. Holy shit. Um, but with a pulley system, a thousand pounds shouldn't be that bad. Nope. It'll be right at the edge of your uh, of your enhanced strength. And nobody's helping me with this? Uh, other people are willing to help you, so it's going to be an athletics check with advantage on your end. Okay. I was just like, if they're like, Gwen, will you do this? It'd be a lot different if they're like, just, Gwen, what the do this. Shit? No, <laughs> I'm not going to be the only me? one. <laughs> All right. Uh, with advantage. Oh, shit. Uh, that's an 18 plus five. Yep. Okay. 23. Yeah, so uh, the rest of you who are still remaining on deck see Gwen just stomp over grab hold of this pulley system and you can see that some of the kobolds like grab onto her and begin to kind of like pull back as well uh and uh zorka one uh the carpenter of the midnight's dancer uh comes over and she uh he actually begins helping gwen out as well and with these uh with this group of people all pulling back you actually lift this waterlogged manticore out of the sea uh, and then they manage to uh, get it onto the deck of the ship. And the ship kind of tilts a little bit in the water. Uh, and looking back, you can see that the uh, the Cyclops that you had tossed overboard is maybe like 75 feet away from where you guys are, just sort of drifting out into the ocean. Um, <laughs> but they manage to get the manticore back up uh, on deck. And Olivia uh, bows to you and says... Um, you can uh, thank you so much for your help. Uh, don't think that we would have been able to actually pick that up uh, without you, legitimately. Uh, so whatever. <laughs> so uh, help yourself uh, to another bottle of rum from us to you. So Gwen went from being like annoyed by her talking to her to like annoyed, but I'm not gonna be mad at you because you just gave me booze. So she's like, cool, thanks. I'm going to be back downstairs. Before you go, uh, make sure it is from the third box in the back. That's where I keep the good stuff. She just does a little yes to herself. You're the best. When we get to town, you and I should have a drink together. And then she (laughs) (laughs) scoots off. She just kind of bows, uh, bows to you as you walk. I'm going to go back downstairs and continue to practice. All right, uh, and Corey, both you and Blake have also seen Gwen just stomp up onto the deck, bring over this manticore body, set it down, and then just not as angrily, because like a good thing kind of just happened, but like still pretty pissed off. Gwen continues walking back down under the deck. Does she seem a bit summery to you? You remember 
You remember back whenever the marrow happened? And, uh, well, I was really pissed off because I don't feel, I didn't feel like I could do anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that makes sense. This is the first time we've seen Gwingit be. Well, I mean, usually she's mad while she's fighting and then it goes away. And Oliviet uh, will actually walk up to the two of you and uh, she comes up to you, Blake, and says, um, so quick question, uh, Blood Hunter, yes. Uh, have you ever carved anything like this before? And she points over to the manticore. I don't think so, but uh, I have, I think I have notes somewhere. Would you be willing to help? Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, and she begins uh, to walk you over as well. Uh, and uh, to you, Corey, she says, um, still on to meditate later? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, she just thumbs up and then continues walking with Blake. All right. Uh I don't think he's skinned a manticore before. No. And it is not Faye? Nope. It's a monstrosity. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, w- I, will, I will try my best and hopefully, like, at, like, get people over if they can and sort of, like, help direct while I'm doing this. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, so make a survival check with advantage. First one's a five. The second one is a 17 plus six, 23. Oh, yeah. So you are going to be able to uh, section off most of this mana core. It's going to take you a while, though, even having people help you. Um, so uh, if you would like, you can spend uh, the rest of your daylight hours just kind of carving this through uh, to get maximized amount. And as thanks... Uh, you are going to be getting uh, two vials of manticore poison from its tail barbs. Uh, can, I, can I take a spine? It's a trophy. Yep. I will do so. All right. Awesome. And then, uh, Calum, you are still hanging out downstairs uh, when Gwen just trods back down. But you see her make a uh, a quick kind of, like... A, uh, a slight venture off ab- uh, on the area above you and then rifle around a little bit and then comes back and Gwen just has what looks to be a nice bottle of whiskey. Caleb has been trying to free the axe from the, <laughs> the ground. Like, he's given up trying to pull it and he's, like, just trying to push it now like a fulcrum. <laughs> and Gwen's just gonna, like, put the bottle down and, like, look at you and then... I. And then she's going to come over and, like, one-hand it up. Really? Uh, but, like, 
If you haven't noticed, I'm not exactly the strongest person. Yeah, I have noticed. <laughs> you know, I made the... I made the comment, but that still kind of stings. Um... You okay? I'm fine. I said already, I'm fine. Okay. Just like to get back to training if you don't mind. Is it cool if I sit here and read? I guess it'll probably be, get kind of gross down here. I'm probably going to get more sweaty. I think I've seen you grosser than that. No, I mean, there's going to be like a pungent, like, you'll be, it's fine. That's whatever. You mean you like you after that, you know, at the port? Okay. I'll just, I'll be here reading with Cybra. <laughs> All right. Gwen will probably ignore you for most of the time you're down there. She'll just be practicing her swings and doing a little bit of like strength training. Okay. All right. And uh, after these kobolds uh, have come up and set off the manticore, they're actually going to fly over uh, to Corey and then just kind of like look at look up at her and just. Do you, do you need us to do anything? Like what? I, I don't know. If, if, if you do take take the ship, um, um, we, you would be like our captain or something. Uh, so we're really just establishing our ourselves in this. It feels weird not to be in a social structure sometimes. So we're kind of just like putting ourselves in in this small little governing body. So, um, is there is there is there anything that you need us to do? Uh, Coriander, like, seems to, like, really like the idea of being captain. She's just kind of, like, smiling to herself. She's like, well, I, mm, then take take care of the ship, I suppose. Mm. Um, swab the poop deck. Uh, man the rigging. And, uh... Malk just, I like manning the rigging, and just flies, <laughs> just flies upward. And then uh, Tiffin just kind of looks scared and flies off after Malk, and they begin to just work tying up the rigging more, making sure that they familiarize themselves with it. And then Gurn just looks at you and just, there's, there's going to be a, you know what, I'll just help clean up the blood from that, what he's doing. His name is Good idea. What's his name? And he points towards Blake. What's his name? Oh shit! What does he? What, what did he call himself earlier? What's his? What's his actual name? He didn't say. God damn it! Okay. Um. Well, right now we're calling him Blake, but that could change soon. And they just sort of look up at you. You can tell that inside their lizard brain, it's just not firing <laughs> off. Just yeah. Coriander sees nothing wrong with this. Just, they fly over and they begin helping Blake out, just being an extra set of hands for him. Nice. Corey's gonna go stand on the prow spear and look dramatic. Because <laughs> that is what we learned was the name of it last week. Thank you, That's Greybeard. the pointy bit! Yeah, the pointy thing. Thank the you, prow spear. Alright, uh, so yeah, your guys' day goes by, uh, at this point... 
uh, uneventfully. You kind of get this uh, get this second ship set up. Uh, and what they end up doing is that they, rather than in unfurling both ships, they instead just tie a very lengthy uh, knot of rope between the two of them to tow this other ship behind them, uh, making their way making their way towards the uh, Isle of Aratsk, where you guys have been headed previously. Uh, so. Uh, the night wears on Blake you manage to carve up this manticore no problem uh, and then once you've finished with it uh, you can see that uh, the kobolds just begin scrubbing the blood uh, off of the deck as best they can there's a lot that's still just ingrained into the wood at this point but they're doing their darndest uh, and other than that you can see them kind of just flying in between the masts of the two ships uh, making sure that everything uh, above ground level is taken care of for you guys. So that way the majority of Olivier's crew can kind of focus on manning the two ships at the bot uh, that are making up the base. Uh, so the night, uh, this kind of later day turns into an evening. Uh, Gwen, how long are you planning on doing your, uh, your training for? Um, probably for longer than she should. Like, a couple hours um where at, you know like she'll just be trying to push herself and like she'll at, at the end of it she'll do a swing and kind of like not be able to catch the weight of the axe and kind of slip and fall and then she'll just like kind of sit on the ground for a second like and then kind of get up and maybe walk back to her bunk okay so as you kind of as you kind of like sit and you have that moment of just like fist on your head sign to mm -hmm. yourself you feel the wet kiss of cybra just licking up across your face mm -hmm. and she'll kind of just push her away she hobbles back a little bit and then as you go over uh to your bunk she just kind of follows after you mm-hmm Yeah, she'll probably just lay down for a while, not sleeping, but just laying down. Okay. Caleb, are you still reading? He wasn't really reading. It was like flipping pages, like looking up every like so often, just to check on Gwen. Does she want to talk? No. Okay. Does she want to talk now? No. Okay. Okay. And then you've seen her just stand up, go over to her bunk, and then that's where Cybra kind of follows. Uh, he's probably going to go help himself to some lemons and some honey and boil some water and prepare some tea. Okay. All right, so yeah, you are preparing some tea. Uh, Corey, you are still on the Prowspear. Blake, you just got done uh, finishing up the Manticore. Are you, uh, what is your plan now? Because the ships have kind of separated, so you are on this back ship. But if you need to get onto the front ship as well, then they can kind of uh, adjust things to make it easier for you. Uh, it's all of us are on the main ship right three of you like, are on sleep, the main ship sleeping on the main yeah. ship yeah you are all sleeping on the main ship 
that is not then, yeah, I'm gonna need to go over okay uh yeah so eventually they kind of just rear up uh and you those of you on the main ship uh on the midnight stancer actually feel it slow down uh, until eventually it gets close enough where blake you can then go over onto the main ship and you see Corey just kind of proudly and with this huge self-satisfied grin on her face staring off into uh into the distance on uh on the prow spear and make a perception check uh blake cool 18 you can hear Corey occasionally muttering under her breath captain coriander <laughs> whenever we were on the little the little fishing boat she called me captain blake so i'm kind of like mm, all right but she's the one who wants the boat uh yeah okay uh i'm just gonna go to sleep or i'm gonna go down to uh our bunk okay and you can see that Calum uh, is kind of reading a book, and he is kind of reading it. You've seen him engrossed in texts before, but he seems more like he just needed a book in his hands at the point. Uh, and you can see that Gwen is... Uh... Have you gotten into your bottle of fancy fancy rum? She hasn't touched it. Yeah, you can see... She actually it. kind of left it yeah. over where she was training. Uh, and you can just see that there is a uh, a bottle of fancy rum that is kind of just like listed from side to side and Gwen is just uh sleeping on her hammock with Cybra just plopped down next to her. Yep, I'm just I'm just gonna sleep. Okay. Yeah, so then you go off and you just lay down and start heading to bed as well. How fast is the ship going? Uh it's only moving maybe five or it's maybe at this point moving like six miles an hour. Five six. Okay, Calum finds a large jar, pours the honey lemon tea inside of it, and then like waxes the top. Okay. Um, ties it up with rope and just like hucks it overboard, and then ties it to the railing to chill overnight. Okay. And Olivia just kind of watches you do this, and just I have to remember that for next time. I read a lot of books. Well, maybe one of those books can teach me how to, uh, what is it that you made? Oh, it's just honey lemon tea. It helps a lot with scurvy and gives a boost in energy, supposedly. Maybe I'll learn how to make more teas this way. Hmm. Uh, just Kim thinks to himself rummages in his pack and then gives her like the book of like a book of teas and herbs and she just kind of looks at it looks at you and just uh do you did you just have this prepared i mean i've got a couple i think i've pretty much memorized that one don't get me wrong this is uh this is lovely thank you and he waves yeah she just Kind of looks back and then goes into her cabin to put it on a shelf. 
so yeah, your guys' night. Uh, it is now the uh, mid-evening. Caleb, you've watched Blake just walk in, go to sleep. Uh, Gwen, are you still awake but just kind of like laying in your bed? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Caleb, make a perception check. That's what I... Oh, shit. <laughs> um... That's uh, 24. All right. Yeah, you can tell that Gwen is still very much awake uh, laying on her hammock. Uh, hmm. uh, he thinks to himself. And then... Humors her. Covers her with a blanket, pretending he doesn't notice her awake. Mm-hmm. I mean, and her then... eyes are open. Uh, oh. <laughs> She's kind of just staring at the ceiling. Uh, totally you, pretends you, She's asleep. You, you come over to her bed and grab her blanket, and her eyes just go... you know what you gave me space I'm gonna give you space covers tucks her in if you want to talk about it I'm over there I guess one of the kobolds took my bunk (laughs) See that three of them have taken your bunk. Gwen's gonna like kind of turn on her side and then she's gonna like think for a second and then she's gonna like throw the blanket off, get up, and then she's going to get underneath his bunk or his cot and she's gonna thrust upwards okay. and try and throw them out of the bunk. Easily done. And as <laughs> as they all just kind of fly up into the air, they all just try and flutter their wings. They're very startled until eventually <laughs> it's like birds getting trapped inside. They're just kind of like poking around <laughs> at the raptors. And... a portal because it's clear. <laughs> Until eventually, yeah, you just hear them kind of just like high pitched, uh, high pitched draconic shrieking uh, as they just shoot out of the window. What the fuck? <laughs> the fuck? Gwen's gonna stop back over to her cot, climb back up, and then put her blanket over herself and turn on her side. Caleb's just gonna take his armor off and then climb into his cot. <laughs> Your cot's pretty warm. These cobalts did a good job nice. of keeping it nice and toasty for you. Which, not bad, because it is a pretty cold night. Uh, which, Coriander, you still being out on the pr- on the prow spear, uh, the night goes on uh, to the point where eventually you watch the sun set uh, to... God damn it, the sun always sets on the west. No. East side, yeah. So you would actually no, watch it... Uh, it is west? Okay, so the sun sets behind you. Uh, and you just steadily watch as the night's colors kind of change into the very nice uh, kind of peach tones that uh, your night sky typically gives you. Uh, until eventually, uh, it's it's actually around like 9.30 or so. Uh, Olivier actually comes up to you. Uh, and she, have you been playing your ukulele while you've just been standing out or have you just been like proudly looking out into the open ocean? 
Just well, scrumming. Well, she... <laughs> well she, she stood there for a little while and would have eventually sat down on it and started playing her uh, ukulele. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Olivier is going to come up to you and just uh, makes sure that uh, you can hear her coming. And she just says, um, it's very lovely the ways that you play. Uh, what is it? Oh, it's just uh, something from one of my old songbooks. Uh, regardless of how old the song is, it's how it's played that makes it carry true to today, no? I can agree with that. Um, I was planning on uh, going f into my meditation soon. Uh, I was here to come invite you to join me. Certainly. Uh, and she'll take you back to uh, she'll take you back to her lodging, uh, and you can see that she actually has uh, she has uh, some plates of, like some extra rations that are set out. Uh, you can see that there is a uh, there is a bottle of wine that is currently on the table as well, uh, and she says I don't think I've actually seen you see, eat anything today, so I figured you were probably going to be hungry. Um, I'm going to be honest, I have not meditated uh, another elf for too long. It's a very long time. Mm. Um, so uh, make yourself at home. Relax. Uh, I'm going to try and do the same. Um, so I still don't really know what I'm doing out here, to be honest. Um, as you can see, this is how I find crew members. Uh, we rescue kobolds, and then we turn them into something greater, something better. And I think that that's what the gods have kind of done with me anyways you seem like you had your like your heart set on the Coraline track from a very early age uh <laughs> that was that was not really the case with me um if you'd like uh what are you curious to know about the underdark hmm. i've seen my fair share of it can well, hopefully bring up something for you to to see well what is it like is there is it all just dark caves or is there something more interesting to look at if you like i can show you what the underdark is really like i want to see everything meantime I don't think that I, I I will be able to show you everything in a single evening. Uh, but uh, if this ends up being uh, good for the two of us, let's just keep doing it. I don't see what the problem would be. I agree. So I am curious, do they have oceans in the Feywild? Oh, certainly. Have you ever been Plenty on them? Plenty of it. What's that? Have you ever been on them? Oh, yes, of course. 
ever since I was a little girl. And she just only... gets a very wide smile <laughs> at the thought of being on a Feywild ocean. And <laughs> she says, I would love to see what the Feywild is really like, if you would like to show me. Of course. I'll, I'll show you... Oh, there's so much, so much to see. I'll, I'll start with the Summer Isles. I, I spent a lot of time there with my mother on business trips. But <laughs> there, there are jungles and forests and animals larger than anything you've ever seen. And she just gets a very, again, like she just seems completely engrossed with what you were saying. Uh, she seems 110% on board. And as you guys kind of continue on uh, your conversations, just kind of back and forth about like, oh, well, the Feywild has this ridiculous thing. Oh, the mm -hmm. Underdark has this ridiculous thing. And you're you're making comparisons between the two. Uh, eventually, uh, she is going to kind of, uh, she brings out a, a pillow uh, and then pulls out a second one as well. And she lets you know that this is where that's how she normally meditates is just kind of by sitting on this pillow. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, cause there's not really, you don't really see a bed in this room. There has never once been a bed in this room. It is very much uh, wider than that. She kind of moves the table back uh, and just sits down on the floor. Uh, and then she hands you uh, a pillow as well. Mm. Uh, and um she offers her hand out to you, just kind of both of them facing outward. Is there like a, a window or something in the captain's quarters? Yeah, there would be a window. Like, does it have a hinge on it? Uh, yeah, it would be uh, kind of wooden shutters. All right. Well, Corey's going to go and open up the window real quick so she can get some sea air. Okay. Um, and she'll look at the moon for just a second. Uh, and then she'll go and sit down next to Olivia. Okay. Uh, and where the moon currently is, it's the two of you kind of sitting, looking at each other, uh, hands outstretched, and the moon is kind of just placed almost in between the two of you. Um, and as the two of you kind of close your eyes and get ready uh, to go into your meditation, you can kind of feel that same warmth uh, that you had previously when... Uh, both of your hands had kind of lit on fire together. Um, and you feel that as you go into your meditation. So uh, as you guys are going into this meditation, the last time you meditated with another elf, uh, it led you onto a strange plateau where a wooden door opened up, revealing a wood elf bard who sequentially got a, uh, a song stolen from him on the wings of ravens. Instead, this time, you just kind of feel your you feel your essence kind of just like merge in like flow from your center into your hands into kind of that warmth sensation where you have that connecting point with Olivia and you feel that there is a greeting of warmth that also kind of comes back from it. Um, but there seems to be uh, kind of like almost like a biting cold with it um, mm. as your, uh, as your consciousness is, consciousnesses merge uh so what is the vision that you are going to be giving olivia yet what does she see um you said that you were going to be taking her across the ocean into the isle of summer 
so what does like what does that experience look like? Uh, and you can use any describing words that you want, whether it's this is what the land that we're seeing is looking like. This is the jungle. These are the people. You have free reign over your character's memories. Okay. Um, well, Coriander, first of all, she's going to show her the approach to the Summer Isles. Um, and it's just like a, like a really tall island where it's, it's very clearly got like a, like a volcanic center. Like uh, if anybody's been to Hawaii or, or seen what Hawaiian islands look like, it's very similar to that. It's just kind of got a very jagged appearance. Um, but just completely green and, and verdant and just full of life. Um, the approach to the, like she's, she's very specifically calling from a memory of sitting on the, like, uh, oof, I'm going to use boat terms again. <laughs> the, uh, the handlebars uh, <laughs> on the side of the boat, you know, like to keep from falling off. Okay. Um, she, she's sitting on that um next to her to her mother um who, who's just got like that gigantic sunburst of hair um and she's standing very dignified um and coriander is fairly young probably 10 to 13 um so she's like got like those long limbs that kind of kind of like a like a baby horse just like really long and gangly and kind of stumbly and and just you know she she's a little bit klutzy um so it's it, it would for a, a normal person it'd be really nerve-wracking for her to be sitting on the on the on the edge of the boat like this but her mother is like just completely like serene mm -hmm. uh, and uh she's like focuses on the memory of just the smell of this uh, the smell and the spray of the sea um and she'll like turn around and look back and the ocean is just of like vibrant, like sapphire blue, like, it, like everything in the Feywild is just like the saturation's been ticked up a few notches. Mm -hmm. Like just a, it, it, everything's just a little bit too colorful. Um, and then she'll like kind of skip ahead a little bit as they're walking through the village, uh, and it's it's a weird mix of like, oh like, ha like like handmade. Um, wicker baskets and and like a like a bazaar and a market uh and then like as you get into the richer part of the city like there are uh tall eladrin buildings that are just really elegant and have like impossible architecture uh and everything seems like seems to want to be made out of glass and um she'll just show her around the village through her young eladrin eyes uh and the memories that she had there Awesome. All right. So, uh, after you have shown her this village, uh, what you are getting, uh, the experience that you are currently going through is that you sense darkness around you until eventually there seems to kind of be these blue lights that begin to illuminate around you. And looking down, you can see that you are in this young drow girl form uh maybe maybe 14 15 very young uh and as the blue lights kind of begin to illuminate more uh you look up and around and you can see that there are just these fungus that are growing on the roof of this small cavern that all seem to be placed at um 
segmented intervals that are all just phosphorescent glowing this bluish light uh, and looking around you can see that there are other elves on the backs of these giant spiders uh, that seem to be just scurrying around the caverns you see that there are uh, groups of people that are all talking amongst each other and they seem to be uh, very they seem to be very engaged uh, and the thing that you begin to notice most is that it is only the only the women are doing the talking. Every male drow that you are seeing is very much just standing in the back, only speak when spoken to. They are not engaging in anything at all. Uh, and you can see that there is uh, there's one drow with long. Uh, all of them have this long silver hair. Uh, and you can see that one of them is standing next to uh, this Black Panther that he just sort of taps onto its side and somebody is finished speaking with him and then he raises his hand and leaves. Uh, you can see that there is um, there are these uh, other creatures as well that look almost like bears if bears were much meaner uh, and had a wider lower jaw with much more jagged teeth. You can see that there are these other creatures as well that are again almost bear-like but this is more of like if you just stretched a dog out uh and gave it multiple eyes on the sides of each of its heads as well as just these jagged teeth that come up uh, and you can see that some of them are being used almost like pack animals uh inside of this drow city um and talking amongst uh these people you can hear them talking about a game uh and this game doesn't have uh doesn't have pieces that you recognize it doesn't have people that you're aware of uh at least for a minute until you start hearing uh recognizable names at least to you in this state um and one of them you feel like you recognize is actually the house of uh one of your childhood friends and then your vision kind of shifts again and it's you and this childhood friend who's also another young uh drow woman uh at this point you are about 17 16 uh and you feel nervousness in your chest you feel very uh there's a lot of anticipation uh and you feel your body kind of reach out and your hand holds the hand of this other uh of this other drow girl and you can see that there is just this look of uh of understanding and knowing and then uh the two of you embrace and then you feel like as your eyes kind of close in that embrace uh when you open them up again you are standing surrounded by uh matriarchs two specifically that look like they are much more uh they have a lot more about their uh their efficient like garb uh, and then you look over and you can see that uh there is the a figure that you recognize to be your mother in this vision um who is standing and then just looks like they have a thousand yard stare hand over their mouth and the scene seems silent in this moment and the only thing that you can hear comes from the comes from who you know is your mother and that is the phrase what have you done uh and you feel your vision shift forward again uh and you see your childhood friend 
getting the garb of these officiants brought onto them uh, as your mother has uh, her gear stripped away from her. Um, and it looks like there has been a change up in this game that the drow had been playing amongst themselves that you and your young form weren't uh, very privy to. Uh, you have your vision kind of flashed forward again this time uh, with your mother saying, what did you do? Still echoing behind you with uh, her finger raised towards you, anger in her eyes saying, uh, you must never come back. Uh, and as you plead, uh, you see, uh, you feel yourself kind of getting pushed back. And when you look down, you can see that you are standing on this small wooden boat that is just getting kicked out into this large underground lake. And there is a sense of confusion about you. And then it begins to fade out again until you find yourself uh, in this underground cavern, these phosphorescent lights uh, still illuminating the cavern surface when you feel fresh air touch up against your skin and looking up you can see that there is a natural chimney that is formed uh, in this cavern and above you you can see what looks to be a full moon uh, illuminated by all of these stars uh, just kind of shining through into this dark cavern uh, and as you enter into the moonlight, you begin to hear a humming noise. And it sounds like a song is actually being sung. Uh, and you can just kind of feel tears welling at your eyes as you hear it. This song that sounds like absolution for everything that you'd experienced up until that point. Um, and then your vision fades again. And this time you feel your body kind of wandering out of a cave. You can hear what sounds like the crashing of waves. Uh, and as you step out into the sunlight, the raw sun kind of burning at your skin, you can just see out onto open ocean. And then that is where your vision kind of fades. This time not transitioning, just going black at the end of your meditative vision. And as you and Oliviette uh, both come out of this vision, her having experienced the wonders that the Feywild has to has to give, uh, she just kind of brings her hands back to herself and she looks at you and says, you wanted to know what the Underdark is really like? There are monsters. There are demons. There are absolutely terrible things down there that will never see the light of day. the dangerous thing, the things that make it the Underdark, are the people who live there. You didn't choose to leave? Not originally. Part of me wanted to go back, but that was never an option for me. Who was that? What was happening? That was who I thought was somebody close to me. Uh, but it turns out I was being used as a pawn in their game. So that is why 
I want to know why you are a paladin, why we are involved in the powers that we have received from this moon goddess. Uh, that's why I'm curious why you choose to serve. If this is part of someone else's big game. Uh, Coriander is going to take her hand um, and hold it very um, earnestly. Uh, she'll look her in the eyes and say, I will never betray you like that. And she just kind of like looks down again and you just hear a kind of broken laugh escape from her lungs. Uh, and she says, I know. I feel like if you were if you were going to betray me, yeah, you would have done it by now. And I think both of us standing before a god, receiving whatever this is, she lights her hand on fire. I I don't know if either of us are exactly capable of that level of betrayal. Corey's gonna smile at her and then hug. Okay. Uh, and she just gives you a very tight hug. Uh, and you can feel that her head just kind of like nuzzles into your shoulder. Uh, and you can then kind of, uh, you begin to feel wet spots where you know that she is just sort of crying into your shoulder. Uh, she'll like give her a more like protective hug from that point forward. Like just... Like at first it's it's tender, but um, she'll wrap her arms around her and just like protecting her from like whatever hurt is inside her. Okay. Uh, and she's like this for about three minutes or so uh, until eventually you just hear a, again, just inhale, shuddered exhale, and then a, I think I'm good to. And then she just kind of pulls back and looks at you. Um, and she uh, just looks at you and you can see that uh, she kind of squints her eye a little bit um, and says, um, there were greater things in the Antidark. I, um, I could show you hopefully without this happening again, uh, maybe tomorrow. I would like that. Maybe tomorrow I'll show you the other mile. She just kind of smiles. Um, and that is where we are going to go into our first break of the evening. So I wanted to say thank you to everybody who's decided to stick with us so far as we continue our amazing adventure here on our homebrew campaign. So we are going to try and be back in five to ten minutes. So don't go no place unless it's to grab a food, grab a drink, grab a friend, and bring them on back. Unless you also wanted to check out In Store Adventures, the store link that we currently have available in the description of our Twitch channel. We also include the description, uh, or we also include a link on our YouTube channels as well as all of our audio podcasts. So if you would like to check out any of our sweet merch, like the Moon Maidens t-shirt with Coriander and Captain Oliviet, then you can totally do that 
and find yourself either a shirt, tank top, even an upcoming poster, but who's to say? So we're going to try and be back in five to ten minutes, so don't go no place, and we will see you guys shortly. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back uh, to our to our wonderful homebrew adventuring game. So, uh, we uh, what did RJ do? What is he eating? What is that? Nothing. Okay, I'm gonna watch the mod and be really scared. Um, so it's literally chicken and bread. <laughs> no, it's something else. It's something dangerous. I'll find out what it was. All right, so. Uh, yeah, you guys, uh, Corey, you just got finished with your, uh, meditation with Oliviette. Um, and you two are just kind of, like, holding each other for a little bit because Oliviette kind of needs it after having to dig up the, uh, dig up that memory for you to actually see what the, uh, Underdark is like. Uh, and then, Calum, you are, uh, passing out, going to sleep. Blake, you are asleep. Uh, Gwen, you are, your body is tired, but your brain is just going way too fast about the events of the day previous. Make a constitution save. Constitution save? Yes. Uh, the 24. Okay. Uh, so as we, as you had brought up over the break, saying that, uh, if a detriment were to happen to you about a level of exhaustion that you would take it, don't worry about it. Gwen has done Gwen has done like more strenuous activity for longer periods of time. This is more of a just like you getting over a mental hurdle. Um but you eventually find yourself uh lulled into a restful sleep. Uh and then um Corey, uh our Olivier says that you don't have to stay in her cabin uh, the whole night if you would like to return to your friends or anything like that. You're more than welcome to. Uh, and if anything, she's just going to kind of sit up uh, onto the onto the table and pull it back out and then set out food and ask if you would like any breakfast. Coriander will partake in some breakfast, share a cup of tea with Olivia, and then return to the deck. Turn to the uh, prow spear! <laughs> Aha! <laughs> uh, no, she'll shake things up and go up to the crow's nest. Okay. All right, so you climb up onto the crow's nest, and when you get up to the top, uh, Bristlebeak is just kind of hanging up there. Uh, you see that there is a little bandage over uh, his shoulder, and he just kind of waves at you uh, when you show up. How are you feeling this morning? Uh, and he looks at it and just, Good! Excellent. Do you mind? I want to just sit here for a little bit and... Just nods. Alright. She's gonna hang out with Bristlebeak. Alright. Uh, yeah, and so, like, you'll play uh, for about half the song, and then Bristlebeak uh, will open up uh, open up its mouth and then also, like, chime in with parts of the song. So if you mess up on the fret, uh, they're willing to help you learn. Uh, as you just kind of continue to play music out into the night air. Uh, and you can see that Oliviette is uh, just kind of like sit, like she's still uh, maintaining the ship's course, uh, but she seems to just kind of be focused out on uh, out onto the seas ahead. And it's like that 
for most of the morning until eventually you start seeing other members of the crew rise and begin to actually go about working uh, around. You see that the Cobalts have been furiously scrubbing away at the bloodstain on the uh, on the other ship as uh, if they are to go onto this other ship. They are um, they want to make sure it's clean. Uh, at least a little bit. So they are just meticulously cleaning it. Uh, Calum, are what is your plan first thing in the morning? Uh, rolls out of bed, looks at whoever's still sleeping, goes up, and then like fishes out the jar of hopefully chilled tea. Yeah, it's very cold. Yes. Cool. You'll start like chipping away at the wax. Okay. Sounds good. So, Corey, you see Caleb end up coming out from below deck um, and then fishing up this jar and start cracking away the wax on top. Awesome. Corey will jump down and, uh, like, literally just jump off of the crow's nest and then, like, right before she hits the uh, deck, she'll uh, face step right in front of uh, Caleb. Okay. Morning, Caleb. You know, I shouldn't be surprised anymore by that but it still gets me like 50 percent of the time and i think this time it was that 50 percent good morning i'm just gonna keep you on your toes i am currently sitting but thank you for the offer (laughs) (laughs) all right and gwen you kind of wake up around this time as well okay yeah she's just gonna go uh see if breakfast is cooking and kind of just sit and wait for it uh, so, you know, at this point, um, there isn't any freshly made breakfast. A lot of them mm-hmm. are just kind of oh. relying on rations. Okay. So I'll sit at what the table would be and just eat her own rations. Okay. Yeah. So you are kind of just down in the hold. Um, mostly because there isn't a central dining room. Most of the crew members just sort of seem to eat, uh, on their, uh, on their cots. And you can see that Blake is just passed out, just full on asleep. His mouth's kind of hanging open a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can see his chest is just rising and falling of just being sleepy. And Cybra, uh, as you are eating uh, your food, Cybra just kind of like looks up at you and tail wags a little bit. Gwen looks down at her, looks over at Blake, and like passes a piece of her food like on the on the chair a little bit to the side and cyber just kind of like brings her head up and just gives it a quick nibble and then pops it back down (laughs) and then she kind of like ruffles her face a little bit and cyber very much is going to like put her head onto your lap and just try and be there uh much in the same way that you have shown us what Rocco does to you is what cyber is kind of doing right now of just being Mm -hmm. like you're my people and like no yeah, she'll just scritch her a little bit and finish her food. All right, uh, and you're you are feeling generally pretty sore uh, from how much you trained yesterday, as well as the physical combat that you found yourself uh, in yesterday as well. But mm-hmm. overall, uh, after you're doing some calisthenics, you kind of feel that like there are a few knots in your back that you would really like somebody uh, somebody else to kind of work through, but it is not too bad. Uh, at this point in time, so you just kind of begin. Uh, after you have your breakfast, are you going upstairs uh, onto the deck, or are you just hanging out? Uh, yes, I would go upstairs onto the deck and kind of just look out into the 
see what's going on up there. Not really being her loud self. Okay. And maybe that is why uh, Blake has uh, been allowed to sleep for so long is because uh, Gwen is deciding to be quiet this morning. Uh, and so, Blake, you kind of stir and wake up right as you see Cybra and Gwen heading up uh, onto the deck. Uh, I'm sorry, what was that? So uh, <laughs> you've just woken up from a rather deep slumber, and you can see that Gwen and Cybra are heading upstairs onto the deck of the ship. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll follow. I'll follow. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so eventually uh, Blake and Gwen also come up onto the uh, onto the deck of the ship. Uh, so, Caleb and Corey, you guys are having your conversation about... Uh, about the process of how you've made this tea uh, when your friends come up. Could I have also brought some cups? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just made some tea, put some honey and lemon in it, and then I waxed the top, tied it up nice, and then hucked it overboard. Oh, interesting. So what magic did you use to make it cold? Water. Just water? Yeah, the ocean temperatures at night are pretty cold. Oh. <laughs> she, like, will look down at the ocean. I like, like leaning a little too far out. Part of you remembers also yesterday when you submerged yourself into the ocean that it was pretty chilly. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that explains a few things. Okay, then. Well, yeah. You're an expert in human lore, yes? I wouldn't say expert, but I'm well-read. <laughs> well, I was wondering, um, do you have access to any sort of literature involving Coralon's travels on the natural plane? Maybe in the library. Because if you did, I'd be very interested in seeing that. Aside from that, I also have another thing to ask you about. <laughs> and if I see Blake and Gwen, I'm just going to start pouring cups for everyone. Uh, what's this? Honey lemon tea. It's been chilled. Yep. Corey will help him set out the cups whilst he's doing this. So Olivierette has expressed interest in learning how to pray to Elistray. Okay. And as you know, followers of Corlon don't pray. Yeah. So I haven't been able to help her at all, out at all. Funny story. Mm? Um... Followers, followers of Saloon don't pray to her either, often. But I can give a brief explanation. Hmm. It occurs to me that there are different ways to worship different gods. Perhaps what we should be doing is finding out exactly how followers of El Elistray uh, worship her go their goddess. Yeah, there's different forms of prayers. 
interestingly enough, in the Warring Nations, um, martial arts is also a form of prayer. Ooh, that's very interesting. That's cool. It's, it's similar to what we uh, followers of Coraline do. It's it's really more of a, you know, don't bother me when you could be solving the problem yourself sort of situation. Well, the semantics of prayer is basically um, communing with your deity. It's just thanking them, giving a request, um, drinks. <laughs> I don't know if there's any formal, formal prayers, but I can give it a look. Right. I wonder if she would like dancing. On Nights of the Full Moon, um, some followers of Selene will do something called the, what was it? The Night Stock? What does that mean? Uh, it is a ritual dance in which the powers of Selene overtake you and you fly through the air dancing. Oh my, oh my. <laughs> It is very tedious and exerts a lot of strain on the body. It, it overtakes you? Like, like a ghost? Must you make everything about poltergeists? I'm just asking questions in terms that I can understand. Mm, I wouldn't say like a ghost. It's a nice feeling. Not like the blackout drunk that happened to me with that one guy. I just don't think, I just can't see how that would be enjoyable at all. Um, the next full moon is a couple of weeks off and I had planned to pray anyway. Maybe I'll show you then. It's around that time, Blake and Gwen, you guys have made your way up to the group. Corey seems perturbed by this and instead of answering, chooses to drink. One kind of veers and she's going to go oh. sit like be at the railing. Okay. Which Greybeard, I believe, described as the gun rail. <laughs> <laughs> Not the handlebar of the boat. But what did pirates call it before guns were invented? The goon rail. A bunch of goons <laughs> would leer off the side. All right, so Gwen is going and sitting off to the side from where uh, the rest of the keeps are. And then, Blake, are you going and joining uh, Corey and Kalem? Uh Yes. Okay. I, I am very interested in this uh, iced tea. <laughs> Do I freeze? No. No. Okay, cool. Kalem will hand you some iced tea. Uh, we, we usually do this hot don't we um it changes the f from what i've read chilling tea changes the flavor profile and sometimes gives it a fuller body i don't know what that really means it's quite refreshing actually yeah it's something cold in the morning can you do this coffee oh. <laughs> caleb looks up <laughs> hmm Everyone considers this briefly. This chilled and then coffee. Now I try to do my other morning ritual. Yep. Wrong cup, wrong cup. <laughs> wrong cup. That's an 18. Ooh. Nice. 
Uh, if Gwen is still off, Calum will stand and walk over with a cup and hand it to her. What is this? Um, it is honey lemon tea that's been chilled overnight. It's cold? Yeah. But it's cold out. True. But it is refreshing, as Corey said. Um, I'm good. Um, I don't really like ginger. It's not ginger. Oh, you said honey lemon? Honey oh. and lemon. No, I'm good. Thanks. Oh, okay. Um, I heard from a friend it's good with rum, so if you want to add that to it, it'll be over here and kill turns. She's just kind of like, nah, I was, I've been drinking too much. Brander drops her drink. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is taken aback. There's a record scratch somewhere in the distance. <laughs> Bristlebeak opens his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'll be, that's canon. Bristlebeak will open up his mouth and it is the sound of a record scratch. Uh, Corey, Corey's going to poke Blake. Does she seem all right to you? Uh, She's been in a funk much longer than I expected. Uh, Gwen, are, are you feeling hungover? I'm a little sore. Okay. Oh, I've got uh, some salves in my bag, I think. No, I'm okay. Just training stuff, you know? Yeah, but you have to have a rest period after training. That's how muscles work. She kind of holds up her hands. I am resting. This is me resting. <laughs> but recovery. Okay. Um. Okay. Calum just turns. <laughs> Gwen? Yeah? I was going to do some training today. Did you want to come with? Sure. What are you going to do? I, I don't know. I'll probably hit something with something else or pick things up and put them down. That sounds like it'd be fun, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> She's going to turn back to Blake. <laughs> it's worse than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Hold on. I'm going to try one more thing. We could wrestle again in summer form. I mean, if you want to. She's going to turn back to Blake. <laughs> She's dying. <laughs> Gwen, what's going on? What are you talking about? You, uh, okay. You, you just seem a little off ever since uh, the pirate attack. It, no, I just, I'm fine. I just feel like I've been slacking a bit and need to up my game, you know? I, I think you've, you contribute a lot. Uh, are you feeling... Do you think you're slacking? I sure, I certainly don't. No, 
I mean, like I just haven't trained in a long, you know, like when I was with the Goliaths, we trained a lot and I just haven't been doing that. I've been drinking and I've been sexing and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's just like, I've let things go to the wayside and I think I should like get back on the train, you know? But we've been in constant combat for like a while. Yeah, but combat's not the same as training. That's true. Uh, you know what? I, I actually have been lacking in my practice as well. Uh, it's a lot less physical than yours, but uh, yeah, I, I think maybe us all getting some time in to train, it's, it's good. It occurs to me that we spend a lot of time training and studying separately, but we're a unit now and we need to learn to work together. Why don't we all train together? One smiles a little bit when you say the word unit and then it stops. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's a good idea. We should train as a unit. All right. Yeah. Wow. That's probably not, there's not a whole lot that we could probably do together on the boat, but. Uh... I suggestion. Okay. Well, since we don't have too much to do, we could buddy system for now. And then swap partners. Sure. Are you thinking uh, just more sparring or? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I need some water. Right. So, uh, if you guys would like, given your current situation, uh, seeing as how they don't necessarily want you to uh, be sparring out on the deck of the current ship, uh, <clears throat> they are, uh, Olivia is willing to kind of maneuver up the second vessel, let you guys off onto that to just go below deck there, wreck shit up if she's planning on selling the ship anyways. They found it like this, maybe. So she's not really too uh, too against it. Uh, but if we're keeping it. Yeah, then it's your ship and you made these damages. So be careful. What if we get the kobolds to throw stuff at us? I, I was actually thinking about that. And yeah. just do freaking like fruit ninja. Yeah. Specifically, I was thinking about them uh, doing dodgeball. Ski. <laughs> ski. Yeah, so... Uh, if you would like, each of you can gain a cobalt helper. Absolutely. All right. Excellent. What All are right. the kobolds names? Their names are Gurn. Hold on. G U R N. Yep. Okay. Shu. S C H U. S C H U. I'm not spelling them like this. I'm telling you that right now. Tivin. Shu. T I V N. Where's the where's the vowel there, Steven? What? No no vowels. No. Is there an apostrophe? There's an I. T I V N. Tivin. Tivin. And then Malk. M-A-L-K. Malk. Yes. <laughs> Go get some Malk. Yeah, he's <laughs> that boy needs some Malk. He is the uh he is the he is the taller one who has paler, uh like creamier looking scales. He's a Malkavian. No. Oh. <laughs> no. No. 
Vampire the Masquerade, folks. Get that vampire shit out of my TNT game. He, he's a Malk? That's Wednesday. Yeah. His name is Malk. 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 All right. Gernshu, Tivin, and Malk. Cool. Yep. So uh, Gern is the talkative one uh, with the raspy voice. Shu has a higher voice and is constantly wringing his hands together. Tithin doesn't ever really say anything. Uh, and then Malk has a uh, a very throaty voice. And he's the taller one. Choose your fighter. Mm-hmm. Dibs on Shu. Did both of you say dibs on Shu? No, I said Tivin. Okay. So Blake gets Tivin. Corey gets Shu. What one looks like it's the hardiest? Like the toughest? The toughest one would probably be Gurn. Okay, I'll take Gurn. Leaving, Malk. yep, leaving Calum with Malk. All right, so uh, Blake, you are asking him to do skeet shooting. Uh, Corey, you want him to just kind of like throw stuff up for you to fruit ninja. Uh, mm-hmm. Gwen, how are you utilizing your cobalt companion? She's gonna try to fight him one on one and probably get really frustrated and just like end up like kicking him too hard or something like that, and then like throwing her hands up, like, no. Damn it! <laughs> ah! <laughs> kind of just terrible like, at this. He's <laughs> kind of just like laying on his side, cl- like clutching his ribs a little bit, and his wing kind of like comes up to shield him from you, and just I'm sorry. If there's <laughs> if there's anything more I can do to help, I if there's anything other than this, I could hold up some wood. Uh, I could hold up something for you to hit. That isn't How me. How can you hold up something for me to hit if you can't hold it when I hit you? Uh, no, you're not supposed to hit me, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Just go do something else. I could I could fly up and tie a rope somewhere, and then you could climb the rope. Sweet, let's do that. Yeah, I mean, he just, like, soars off. Uh, and then on the deck of the ship, he's actually tied a rope very high up the mast. But you can see it goes about, like, 25 feet. And Gwen's just gonna climb it and stuff, but with her abilities, like, climbing a rope with her own body, oh! She climbs it once, and then she's like, alright, that was fucking easy. Gurn, get over here! Hold on to my waist! (laughs) Don't use your wings! Just, wait, what? (laughs) She's gonna use him as a weight belt. Okay. It just wraps onto you and it's just holding on while you do it. Mm-hmm. Um and Caleb, what are you doing with your cobalt companion? Um I give him my spear and I tell him to attack me. And I'm just gonna practice parrying. Okay. And then part way through like wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Walks over to him, adjusts his stance slightly, uh, and then you hold it like that yeah okay cool you, goes back you taught him too well i rolled for an attack and he got a crit oh, oh boy <laughs> caleb dies yeah so uh he is going to deal an accidental three points of damage to you oh boy or yeah because he rolled a, you got double ones and then his modifier was plus one that'd be six oh no yeah uh and he just accidentally stabs into you with this long spear 
and then pulls it back out and just says, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ow, but also that was really good. Thanks. <laughs> Do you want me to try again? Um, yeah. Okay, he's going to try and do it again. Uh, he gets an 18 to hit. I'm going to use my shield to... Boom. Yeah, and he's just going to steadily be trying to, like, poke and jab at you. And there are some points where, like, he'll fly up into the air and then try getting you from there to kind of have you fight aerial combat as well. Uh, it's... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Guys, I thought we were supposed to be training as a unit, but we just went off to do our own things. <laughs> I was about to mention that. I mean, we're doing it in the same space. Uh, Corey is going to approach Gwen, and um, she's going to tie their feet together. Whose feet together? Like, like uh, three-legged, three-legged three, oh. three race style. <clears throat> and she's like, "This is something we used to do back in my Kalen training." Is she's Gwen gonna going look to at her work? leg and she's gonna look at you. This isn't going to work, Corey. Well, we have to make it work, and that's what the training is. What is this training? Well, it's it forces us to work together. So let's start off by trying to get across the boat. Alright. Gwen grabs your side and pulls you on top of her. <laughs> Like, so you're bent over her, and she just starts running across the boat. <laughs> this isn't necessarily what I was talking about, but you did make it work. So gold star. <laughs> Corey, I don't think this is as effective as you think it is. What? I mean, why did you tie our legs together? I could just carry you. You're right. So let's try it without carrying each other. Okay. Shoot, pull! Whoa, shit! <laughs> and then, like, a, a crate just comes flying at them. Okay. <laughs> Think fast, Gwen! What the fuck? Did you see this kobold, like, arms extended outward, having thrown it, and Gurn, who is still on your waist, Gwen, just <laughs> <laughs> like, pops off and just flies over. Gwen is going to... Uh, shift behind Corey, <laughs> like turn sideways so that she's behind Corey. All right, Corey will uh, matrix dodge from the crate. Okay, uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, the crate terrible. She was not the greatest at throwing things. Yeah, so Coriander's just bent over backwards over uh, over Gurn and and Gwen. Um, oh, Gurn flew she, away when. Oh, he flew away. Yeah, okay, he flew so away as soon as shit like, started getting sent at him. So she, she's like just like bent over backwards over Gwen, and she's just yeah. like, "What was that?" I was getting out of the way. Well, okay, fair enough. Maybe we should actually have a goal. <laughs> Blake, what do you think we should do? Does a what seventeen hit you? Does What's that? Does a seventeen hit you? Oh, no, it doesn't, actually. Another they box do. just goes towards you and just kind of, like, sails off to the side and then clatters on the ground. <laughs> uh, in in response to that question, uh, I'm sure at some point during his training uh, in, in, the, in the Sanguine Orders, 
Blake has definitely uh, done some trainings with uh, with other blood hunters that was meant to be cooperative. Does does he remember any of them enough to replicate them? He knows that he would need uh, like a forest something mutual to hunt after like a lot of the team building exercises that you did were often like going out on missions together uh so for you this has kind of been the norm of what you do like there are then of course there's always chosen last for teams yeah as in he was never chosen <laughs> mood the the instructors would choose blake for teams it was never the other hunters so yeah, as far as you're aware, this is kind of, this is how teams usually function. The fact that you have these little helpful kobolds, great. Um, <laughs> but in terms of like actually uh, having a training regiment, uh, nothing that you could think of involving having to be on boats other than maybe like trust fall situation, which that's a sore spot for you. Uh, no, I really don't think that I could do anything until, uh, I don't know, maybe until we're on the island. Um, I think Farron, Prescott, and Mugworth would have taught Caleb a little bit about team play. Yeah. Um, make a history check. Oh, boy. I took notes on this one, guys. 18. All right. Uh, so with your 18, a lot of what you remember about the teamwork practices that Mugwort and Farron had were, uh, came down to calling out their plays, uh, to each other, like having a playbook essentially of names that they could call upon, that they could call out, uh, to either, to kind of shorten the amount of time between each of their moves. It wasn't necessarily about, um... Like, uh, oh, if you use freezing magic and then I use fire magic, we'll make them explode because of temperature change. Like, they didn't have that kind of option to it. Whereas it was very much a, uh, Farron would come in with his blades and then after he was done, he would kind of turn off to the side and let Mugwort run in. And it was more, mostly about being efficient in the combat space. Yeah. I'll relay this. So... I think what we should really be practicing is just we have teamwork, but we don't have cohesion. If that makes any sense. Normally during fights, everyone goes off and does their own thing. And in panic situations, either Corey and I kind of have to pick someone up. So let's try to mitigate that. Hmm. Well, speaking of off constantly, how are we going to defeat them when the tournament finally rolls around? We'll have plenty of time to think about that. Oh, certainly. But in the time that we do have, we should be strategizing. I'll distract the dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fucking easy. <laughs> um, 
when Mugworth gets into a mood, it's kind of hard to snap him out. I'll just tell him about how bad he was in bed. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. You know, get in his headspace. Hmm. Uh, and shoe from behind the crease just that seems messed up <laughs> it works you can just look back and he just kind of like shakes his head and then flutters off and you can see the other kobolds kind of going off as well it's not my character but I just want it to be like no one asked you <laughs> <laughs> summer Corey maybe they got lucky <laughs> great 25% chance. No, actually, that's gone up. Down. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, moon moon Cory is, is, is something a little different. It's like a uh, hat <laughs> that any any season can wear. Mm. Right? Yeah. That's all right? Yeah, it's, the, it's like an underlaying form. So now they're, if anything, they're a seasonal variance of moon. That's right. The moon can, it, the moon's around no matter what. Yeah. Wah. Wah. <laughs> so. Wah. All right. If we're going to start formulating plans. Formulating plans. Mm-hmm. At the start of whenever something happens, what do you guys want me to do? Stay as far back as possible. No, I mean, besides that. Uh, that, that thing that sh- you do, uh, that makes it easier to hit targets. That's really helpful, especially to start out with. Okay, so I'll say my prayer and I'll bless everybody. Oh, I, I was thinking about that, the bolt. Oh, oh. But but, but that also is very <laughs> helpful. Mm-hmm. Both of those things are good. <laughs> okay. Um... I also have similar magics to that, but usually I feel my magics are more better suited to smiting. Okay. Hmm. The start of combat. (laughs) He's writing notes. Gwen has turned around and she started uh uh climbing the rope again by herself because she she feels like she doesn't need to be part of this conversation because <laughs> she does just one thing in combat she hits good yeah and, that... and i feel like it's a good idea for you and i to be on the front lines it... to... oh oh yeah who are you talking to to gwen oh gwen's up the rope yeah you look over where gwen was and you just see that there is a rope just kind of like Oh, and there she goes. Yep, dancing, and you look up, and she's just scaling up it like a little monkey person. Well, usually she's doing what she needs to be doing anyhow, so. Hmm. Yeah. But do you want her tackling the biggest person on the field or dancing with a lot of smaller people? I think she's more suited dancing with the biggest person. I suppose it depends on who we're fighting. And how many... We're going to have this strategy talk for a while. Okay. Yeah. So while you guys are having this strategy talk and Gwen, you continue to just work out because your plan was fine 
from mm-hmm. the get-go why would you change a good thing you were raised by goliaths whatever <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um i would like for all of you to make perception checks Row, row, row. That's never a good thing. Six. Also six. Also six. Great. <laughs> the number of the beast. Ah! <laughs> ah, nineteen. All right. Someone asked Medeus. <laughs> He's not here. Yeah. You rang. Uh, so you guys, uh, three of you are very focused, uh, Blake and, uh, Corey, you guys are kind of getting into this, uh, heated conversation about, like, how combat should work from your guys' perspective, uh, and Gwen, you are just more focused on, on, like, at this point, you are on one of the masked bars that usually has, uh, the, uh, sail folded up, and you're just kind of doing chin-ups on this thing like 20 feet off of the ground but just like i need something i need the thrill like just going for it um and you don't really notice this uh because you are uh you are actually heating up just through your exercise but calum you notice that it is starting to get significantly warmer where you guys are and as you look around you see that a lot of the dark clouds that had kind of been forming overhead have all begun to like there's a ring almost of where they stop versus where you guys are oh shoot and above is just crystal blue sky guys is it a little bit warmer uh now that you mention it yeah i didn't notice why uh can i make a nature check yeah Damn it. I got that song out of my head. Uh, 14. Okay. Uh, so with your nature check looking around, like this is unseasonal to say the least. And as you kind of think about it, um, you've heard that there are some magical spells that allow you to control the weather. Uh, but you know that those are very high level. Uh, and as you kind of look around and look past the front boat, you can see in front of you just this large island that has, uh, that's maybe about six miles off from where you guys are. Uh, and you can see that it is just, uh, there is a large wall that rings its outer sides. Uh, it almost looks like it's broken up, uh, between a northern shore and then, or between a, a, uh, eastern shore and a western shore. Uh, that there just seems to be a waterway that kind of goes between these two areas. Uh, but as you guys approach, uh, Olivier actually calls down and says, um, we're five miles out of the Ratsk. Uh, as you can tell, the weather is nice, the weather is warm. Uh, I paid my dues last time I was here, so I'm a member of Good Withstanding, so we don't have to worry about any uh, ill weather on our way here. <coughs> okay, that's um. Do you have any Actually, idea of where you are going to be going once we reach shore? The... What are we doing with a ship? That is a good that... question. She just let me know when by the time we get there, so that way I can fill out the appropriate paperwork. She just kind of goes back to steering the other ship. Guys, do you want a boat? Yes or no? I have no strong opinions either way. God damn it. 
filthy centrist. Gwendolyn's <laughs> like climbing back down. <laughs> what? When? What? Should we take this boat? Take it where? And I don't know, wherever we want. Keep it. The only thing is we won't be getting money. I would like to be off a boat as soon as possible. My only concern with owning a boat is if we're going to leave it for an extended period of time in port because we journey inland, upkeep is money. Guys, we don't know how to we don't know how to own a boat. We don't know how to do boat things. Right. So Why I would think, we have a boat? So I think that's two and a half to one. I'm sorry, Corey. I, I kind of knew we weren't going to have the boat anyway. And she's gonna like walk over to uh, the gun rail, put her hand on it, and just be like, "Goodbye, Don Father." You named it after a god. Is that not something that they do here? Aren't boats normally women? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the natural plane is such a strange place. And again, it was a really common belief that it was bad to take women on board boats, but hey, modernism. And you see Calum hop ship. Well, that doesn't make sense at all. I'm sorry, hop ship? Yeah, because they're on one... They didn't boat. slow they down. Talked. You're being towed. You're being towed. Bye, guys. We're not keeping this boat? Fuck it. <laughs> Just uh, here's my new character, um, Bristlebeak. Uh, <laughs> Olivia, we're selling the boat. Or I guess you're selling the boat. Yeah. That, yeah. No, we don't need... Why would... No, we don't need a boat. Okay, good. All right, so that's the verdict. Get money. Yep. All right. So Olivia just says, um, if you meet her at the Greyboar Tavern later in the evening, she will actually be there with your payment. Uh, So that way you can get your share of the boat as well as the pirates. So that way you aren't bogged down by bureaucracy. She also has a trade, uh, a trade meeting that she needs to go to on behalf of, on behalf of Denzig, the dwarf that had initially hired you. Right. And don't, we need to get something from you so that we can get payment from him. Uh, And she, uh, she is, pulled out your guys's vouchers uh one and at the top it says um that uh the hired arm in question underline has completed the uh trip under and then you see uh safe and then a slash dangerous and she circles the dangerous part uh to which each adventure is then owned either uh and it lists the price out and kind of continues on that way until she signs it with a flourish at the end. Uh, and she does this four times and then hands each of you a voucher. All right. Uh, can you point us in the direction whenever we land to uh, redeem this? Uh, if you'd like, I can send somebody with you. And they can show you Perfect. the rest of the way. Perfect. Uh, I'll have Alvo do it. It's... Usually does not do 
much of anything. And the other ship members need to uh, take stock of the boat. Or at least I do. Um, so uh, your guys' journey continues on for about another hour or so until finally you end up reaching this island. And this island itself is massive. And you can see that there are uh, white sandy beaches that are littered around and looking off of the boat as you near, you can see that there are long fronds of seaweed that just sort of extend up from the bottom of the ocean. But looking out, you can see that they are vibrant in color. It's not just this dull green uh, of this kind of like deep, lichen that you've seen previously they are instead vibrant blues greens pinks Corey, this actually gives you a a moderate flashback to uh to the memory that you sent oliviette to uh of being through these kind of fey wild seas uh, and you can see that there are just a variety of uh saltwater fish that all seem to be swimming around each one vibrant in color uh and as you approach the island you can see that each of the houses uh, and buildings that are placed on this island that sort of looks like it is domed uh, just with the mass quantities of buildings that all kind of extend upward and outward. Uh, each one of them is painted into either a blue, yellow, red, white, just some other kind of uh, more vibrant color. And a lot of the plant life as you approach as well just seems to continue to be this intense coloration and you can see that there are some ferns that are growing about three times the size that you would initially expect and it just seems like this entire area is just verdant underbrush next to the beach uh next to the beachhead and as your ships begin making their way into uh into what looks to be like a natural split uh, between these two large centers of land eventually you pull up uh, and you see that a winged cobalt actually will fly down. Oliviet will give them uh, a piece of paper and the cobalt just nods, flies back up again. And you can see that he's wearing what looks to be a little uh, copper colored tabard that has a small insignia on its side. Uh, that looks to be a set of wings with a spear coming down the middle. Um, and these look like draconic wings and not like feather wings at all uh, and then he flies off and after sitting there for uh roughly 10 minutes uh you actually see that there is a large gate that begins to come down from behind you guys uh sealing the two of your ships off in this small uh in the small enclosed area and as you as you are resting there you actually hear the sound of rushing water and looking along the sides, you can see that water is pouring in from the sides of this mountain chasm that is sort of lifting your ship up. Uh, and after several series of this, eventually you find your way into this large uh, seafoam greenish blue harbor that looking down, you can see almost entirely to the bottom with how clear these waters are. And looking around, you can see that there are a variety of races on the docks. There are humans, there are half-elves, there are elves, there are dragonborn, there are dwarves, there are anything uh, that you could possibly keep an eye out for. You even see a few tieflings doing business. Uh, and as you uh, pull up with your ships, uh, eventually you find your way uh, to a dock. The entire time, little winged kobolds are just kind of uh, motioning you guys in to find a proper spot within the dock. Uh, and as you are about to break off, 
uh, Olivia calls for one of them over uh, and explains the situation that she is going to be turning in the Tooth Taker, uh, which was the name of the ship that you were originally going to be calling the Dawnfather. Um, and that she is looking to uh, sell this to uh, to the Keshin Trade Co. for the standard rate. And the Cobalt just nods. Uh, and you see another one kind of fly in with pieces of paper. And you guys all center yourselves onto the main ship once more. As you see that a group of Cobalts are maneuvering your uh, this taken vessel off uh, into a different direction as you all approach the dock. Uh, and as you approach the dock... See a variety of workers all just beginning to uh, throw lines so uh, the members of your ship can actually tie them on to um, tie them onto the cleats of the boat so that way your ship doesn't actually continue sailing off or get pulled back out into the ship. Um, they throw down the uh, they throw down their large plank so that way you guys can actually walk out onto shore. Uh, and Oliviette. Um, says to the uh, four of you, um, so, Greyboard Tavern? Be there. Okay. Thumbs up. I will try and be quick about this. And please don't, just so you know, don't steal. You're all very stand-up people, but I just want to, on principle, not a good idea while you're here. You're all nice people. Again, I am not trying to point fingers. Just general warning. Alvor! Uh, and her first mate comes up to uh, the four of you as well. Uh, says, um, and she looks at him, uh, can you take some to the coffers? Uh, and he just sort of nods and, yeah, of course. Uh, and then uh, hops off the plank and kind of motions for you guys to come and follow him. Follow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as you're going, you can see that there are kobolds that are just flying left and right around here. And a lot of them seem to just be exchanging papers with other people. Uh, you can see that there are non-winged kobolds that are wearing uh, what look to be just bronzed armor uh, that are all kind of walking around. And they seem to be uh, what look to be almost like small guard units. And each one comprised of either about four or five uh, small kobolds as they continue to go around. And as you guys walk through this city... You don't see any human guards. You don't see any half-orcs. It looks like the entire military force of this island is comprised entirely out of kobolds. Um, and then Alvor takes you to... Uh, he takes you pretty deep into the city uh, as it's broken up between the uh, western side, which is very small, uh, and then the eastern side, which is larger. Uh, and he takes you to what looks to be a giant golden statue of a dragon that is just kind of resting there, its uh, arms sitting in front of it. And you can see that under this dragon is a stone, uh, a stone building that has multiple little entries and exits in it. Uh, and he leads you guys into the coffers and says, um, all right, um, if you want... I can get all the paperwork taken care of. You have your four notes? Yep. And he 
take the take the papers from you and then he'll go over to the counter uh, explain the situation explain that this is uh, coming from Denzig this is Denzig's hand this is Olivia's hand claiming that you guys have indeed gone through the dangerous trials uh, to reach the island of Arask and when he comes back he has four individual pouches of gold uh, each one for the 125 gold pieces per uh, that you guys had been promised for doing this mission thank you um and the captain said that she was going to be by with your share of the pirates and the ship later so uh just try not to spend it all in one place and if you guys do end up deciding to come uh needing to go anywhere midnight dancer is always available you just kind of is there anywhere else that you guys need to be going or do you just want to explore Eventually, we need to get to the tavern, so if you can just point out the direction. All right. Um, well, luckily, uh, you're going to want to go to the northeastern side. Uh, it's over near towards where the barracks are. Uh, most, of the, most of the guard folk here in the city are pretty, pretty loyal and regular customers uh, to Grey Boars, but I know that's where a lot of uh, passage through like to go to, uh, as well as the variety of uh well either mercenary or adventuring folk depending on which one you like to call yourselves but it has been my pleasure uh being your first mate as well as your temporary captain uh i hope that you enjoy your stay on the island but if you don't mind i gotta get back to the ship yeah 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 of course yeah and he just starts going off leaving you guys kind of just like standing in the middle of the city with these large bags. So what do we do now? This is the most money I've ever had. <laughs> really? Yeah. You okay? I look a little nervous. It's kind of heavy. Um, Caleb just like starts putting it in his pack. Don't okay. be nervous. You Thinks good. about it, puts a couple of books on top of the gold. <laughs> All right. I will be right back. Ugh. Uh, so like... So if the DM doesn't come back in 15 minutes, we're legally allowed to leave. No. We're legally allowed to level to 20. Mm, it's time. <laughs> uh, so when he comes back, let's just yell and pretend like we're having a really big argument. Okay. Okay. Like, in character or out of character? Yeah, in character. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, so like, what are we gonna do now? I mean, I'm good with just, I mean, we're getting on this island and we're gonna see people and then get off, right? Right, but, you know, while we're here, we could also kind of look for work. Hmm. You wanna stay on the island with a big ass dragon on it? Oh, true. Um, play? Uh... Well, I, I kind of need indoor here if I want to ask if we need to stay on the island with the big ash dragon on it. Well, if we do want to leave fairly quickly, I'm sure that Olivier would be willing to take us with. I swear to God, Blake, I will murder you in this street right I, now. No, stop. You I'm not going to fall, Gwen. I <laughs> too far. I will take you down. No. I will cut you down. Leave room for Tiamat. <laughs> I am not sleeping with Tiamat. <laughs> What did I miss? <laughs> what did I miss? Okay. 
Uh, nothing. We that was not in character. Sure. Do we want to stay on the island with the big dragon? Is the question that I I was asked to ask, or that I think I want to ask? Your your dragon daddy. Yeah. You draggy. Oh, Indoor, he's asking you. Sorry. I yes, thought that, Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, you got me. I was doing a thing. Uh, I like to paint. No. Um. <laughs> and you ask Tarlane if it is a good idea to stay on the island. Uh. Yeah. So is it the TLDR? Of the conversation was: What are we doing? Are we just like getting paid and going to see people and then leaving, or if we want to stay for a little bit? Um, and I want to ask Tarlayan if there's if there's any merit in staying here in his mind. Um, and he says, um, I've never been here before. There wouldn't be any harm in looking around, spotting weaknesses in his defenses. Then no. Awesome. I can smell him. This entire place reeks of him. And as he says that, Blake, you kind of just are like looking around and it seems like a rather fine city. Uh, and then you like make eye contact with a seagull and the seagull just looks at you just, ah! and just flies away. Wait, what? A seagull. A seagull locked eyes with you and flew away. It d- does that seem like a normal thing? Have you ever hung around seagulls before? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's why I'm asking. That's, that's why. They, that's what they do. Yeah, seagulls will just like look at you and like they'll stare at you as a group and then just fly away. I don't care. All right, master, I have news. Sorry, as long as we're we're on this island, Connor the player is going to be paranoid. Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't think any of us have anything else to do other than just like check in with uh, off constantly. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, where are they? Probably at the Grey Boar Tavern. Is that the one that we're supposed to go to? Yeah, that's the one that we're supposed to meet Olivia at. Given what Al said, um, adventurers like to hang out there, so. Yeah, let's go. Could at least ask around. I'm sure they've been bar hopping. And, uh, hey, maybe we can find a lead on another gig. I mean, I think we're pretty set for a while. Caleb, do you think I could take Prescott in a fight? Uh, if you move first and blow all of your smites, you could definitely take them. Excellent. But if he manages to cast sleep on you, uh, I think Gwen said it best, you're fucked. I have a small enough hit hit pool, or small enough amount of hit points that that actually could be a problem. But oh wait, no! As an elf, you're immune. (laughs) Oh right, we're elves! (laughs) How could we have forgotten? Oh, 
Because I sleep all the time. <laughs> all right, so you guys are going to try and find the Grey Boar Tavern? Yeah. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. make a investigation check. Ooh. 10. <laughs> 13. 3. Eight. I'm distracted. <laughs> okay. Uh, Minus 1. Yeah, so the 13 is enough uh, to find the Greyboar Tavern. So you guys actually spend a decent amount of time looking around uh, looking around the city, looking around the shopping areas, and you can see that there are stores of every variety. Uh, for every niche audience, if you are looking for any kind of one item or one thing in particular, it seems like there is a place where you would be able to find it. Uh, and after kind of like taking taking stock of this fact and like continuing on you find at a uh at a junction that looks about uh four different roads that all kind of coincide into one you see this large tavern uh it looks to be a two-story tavern uh like there are uh extra rooms available up on uh up on a higher level and then going into uh, this lower tavern, you can see that there is a uh, that there is a humanoid man about uh, about five foot six, kind of running around, uh, very thick gray beard, uh, kind of disheveled hair, just making sure that he, uh, everybody is kind of taken care of. Uh, and leading up into the store or into this shop, you can see that there is a uh, a wooden hanging sign. Uh, that says the Grey Boar Tavern, and when you go inside, you can see the the stuffed head of the most massive Grey Boar you have ever seen. This thing looks like it was probably a huge size category at one point, and just takes up the majority of this back wall. Uh, and you can see that people have been throwing coins and other kind of monetary notes into the mouth of the boar from where they sit. Um... And as you guys are uh, kind of looking around, eventually this uh, this patron comes up to the lot of you. Just, hail adventurers! So is there anything that I can possibly get you here at this fine establishment on such a fine day? Uh, I think we're actually just here to meet with people, but if you can bring a round of ale. Yeah, yeah, I could bring around a round of ale, no problem. And water. Ales, water, guys got food, need food, place to sit. You guys got a place to rest yet? Got any rooms? I can offer you a great deal on rooms. We will consider this and come back to you. All right, sounds good. Sorry, have you seen uh, an elf, a human, and a dwarf? And I'll give like general descriptions. And kind of thinks about it for a little bit and just... Yes! Yeah, yeah, no, I've 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 seen them before. They're with the blonde lady, right? Blonde lady. Yeah, no, there's a group of four of them and staying here for about a week. There's a there's a, a mugwort, and then there's Prescott and Farron and Elisharis. We've never heard of Elisharis. Coriander's going to look never at you. Heard of Elisharis? Big voice in the sky. <laughs> And uh, this figure standing in front of you just goes, uh, okay, uh, I mean, I've never seen you before, so I've never heard of you folk, but 
find yourselves a table. I'll get you some food. Just call me Graybeard. It's fine. He just runs off into the back. You know, I got it as soon as you said hail. You son of a bitch. Yes, this is my favorite innkeeper I've ever met. I'm so, not going hey, to something about him. So, hey, Graybeard, <laughs> thank you for being a patron. <laughs> thank you for being a patron and, and letting me put your game put your character into my game. Yeah. Love hey. it. I guess we're gonna have to stay here for like a couple months now. <laughs> <laughs> Guest star. Uh, cool. Anyway. <laughs> but if if you do see them, can you tell them that um Caleb's here? Oh, they're here. Oh. Oh. There. He just points off to the side. Uh and you can see that uh on the this bar has like an upper layer that's been built into it. Uh, and at a table up high, you can see uh, what looks to be uh, Farron having a conversation with Mugwort. And they seem to be very deep into this conversation as well. And you've you've seen them have this conversation before, Caleb. They, they could be arguing about which is prettier, the sunrise or the sunset. They could be arguing about who should have gotten the last hit in the last fight that they were in. They just seem to enjoy the act of bickering with each other. You see Caleb sprint towards them and oh, then you see Caleb smile <laughs> into feathers and then like appear in front of them. <laughs> they both face death at the same time. Okay. <laughs> uh and as you do, you just hear a Jesus as Prescott like just kind of like throws his arms up as they had been sitting at a four-person table. Uh and you, Caleb, uh, you see this figure uh described to you as Elisharis, just this uh blonde hair down past her shoulders uh violet purple eyes just kind of like looking back at you uh very fine features and just oh uh hi um hello i'm coriander and farron just like pushes the chair like pushes the table forward his chair falls back and he just stands up and he runs over and he gives you a big hug caleb at the hug, like you see, like the Raven Regaler backwards, and Cam just hugs him back, and he just pulls back. Just I, I didn't ever think I would see you again. This is incredible. Well, you guys, what are said you doing you're gonna... here on the island? You guys said you're gonna be here, and we were was we're gonna... by no means a message to follow us to the island. That was just we were heading this way. What are you doing I mean, here? Circumstances had us come up this way. So hi, we're hi. Hi. Uh, and at that, Elisharis just, uh, like, you see her uh, kiss what looks to be uh, a, uh, what looks to be a, um, a symbol of Lathander. And she just says, oh, morning, Lord, be praised. These are your friends you were talking so much about. And he just sort of nods and she just nods back and I'll go get some, I'll go get some drinks. She just stands up and begins heading off. I didn't think you guys would replace me so soon. Well, um... I learned how to joke while I was away. <laughs> that's really good. That is a good joke. Hey, uh, Prescott, you want to help me uh, move the tables and chairs? Not really, but I suppose <laughs> I don't really have a choice whenever this one's around. And he kind of shoots Caleb and I, uh, a, a side eye stands up and begins uh, making the mega table. That every every visitor at a bar is just sure to love. Uh, so Blake and Gwen, what are you two doing? As you see, both of your uh, elven friends just disappear in a burst of color 
and then up here uh up near uh a familiar dwarf for you gwen uh as well as uh as well as a familiar fighter and then you see a blonde figure actually stand up next to Farron and begin moving down towards the bar uh gwen's gonna look up at blake like do we have to uh i mean we could be looking for olivia right we could we could we could certainly be doing that let's do that so we're gonna look around for olivia <laughs> okay uh so make an investigation check uh natural 20 okay uh so looking around you find that bristlebeak is here uh as well as torga and several other members of her crew but she is not as she had said that she was going to be taking a while uh to do the actual trade agreements and dealings um but you do manage to find members of the midnight dancers crew and as you uh as you are kind of looking torga just seems to kind of be uh like very uh distraught drinking into his cups um, and then Bristleby kind of like pats him on the shoulder uh, and tries to cheer him up and Torga just waves him off. Uh, and then you see eventually just downs the drink, stands up and begins to walk out. And as he is walking out, he makes eye contact with both you, uh, you Blake, as well as you Gwen, uh, and just shakes his head, a, a stone faced resolution on it, uh, and just walks out the door. Did we do something to him? Uh, I did. What'd you do? I kind of... Well, whenever Caitlin raised his friend, I, I kind of killed him. Again. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. He's still on about that? Dude, the dude was dead, and then he wasn't dead, and he was a zombie, and then he was dead again. Like, it's not that difficult. It's... It can be a bit traumatic for civilians. I've fought beside raised warriors that I've fought with. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, like, if someone falls in battle, one of the shamans just raises them. And they keep fighting. And then we, there's like a whole ceremony where we like, re-kill them. Oh, uh, well, uh, that's kind of fucked up but at, 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 at least they, they die again and it's a it's a good Gwen I'm really concerned but <laughs> I mean well like think of it this way like if your whole life is about being a warrior and you die in combat what better way to serve your people than to be brought back to continue that combat doesn't have to defeat the purpose of a warrior's death there's a whole soul thing and I'm not going to I'm not going to bore you with all the details but like when you die your soul is gone, right? And when you bring your body back or when they, they when they reincarnate you or, or the reanimate uh, you No, I knew that word. Uh, she did. Uh, <laughs> Small like spurt of blood comes out. <laughs> uh, then your body is being used to further the cause basically.
And you see Greybeard just sides up next to you. All right, so water, was that for you or was that for you? Uh, that, that was for the, the pale elf. I'll take a water, please. And he'll just hand you the water. Thanks, dude. Gwen, I'm very... <laughs> yeah, no problem. And then continues walking off. Well, I mean, like, I don't know how else to explain it to you. It's not like they are being brought back from the dead. It's, it's just their body. But, I mean, if you're not cool with that, that's fine. That's just how we do it. Okay. I'm re- I'm 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 not cool with it. I but I promise I won't raise you from the dead. She says looking from side to side cuz she can't physically do that. <laughs> uh, okay, I really don't want to Wait, he's left the table, right? Great. Uh the 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 dude that I offended. Yeah, no, he stood up and he has left the bar. I mean, do you want to go sit with them? Because Olivia's not here. I would prefer to go back to our party. Uh, why don't you go ahead and go back to them? I'm going to go get some food. Okay, yeah. And uh, I guess let us know if Olivia gets here. I will keep an eye out. And I'll rejoin. All right. Uh, so you go back and sit down with your party. Calum, you've been brought a water. Corey, you've been brought, uh, you've been brought ale. And other ales have been set out as well. And then after you guys have been served and Blake returns, uh, that is when Elishar comes back and she also has mugs, uh, for everybody. And just looking around, she says, I thought there was one more, but I guess that's just one more for Mugwort. And she just kind of sets another mug in front of in front of your dwarven companion, uh, and then sets it out in front of the rest of the group. So all of you, minus Gwen, uh, are all kind of sitting around. And uh, we'll say, because we kind of forgot to mention what she was doing, that Cybra has just been following along with you guys this entire time. Uh, Gwen, would you like Cybra to be with you or with the other group members? I'm thinking she would probably follow me because I give her scraps. It's true. You do. Because, Blake, while you were asleep slash away from the camera earlier, Gwen totally gave Cybra some people food. Yeah, it happened. I'm weak, okay? Uh, in real life and in the game, I'm weak. <laughs> and my animals know it, okay? <laughs> they can see the fear. So, uh, Elishar sets all of these drinks down uh, in front of you, and then Farron takes a large gulp. Uh, and sets it down with a slam in front of him and leans forward and says, So, I want you to tell me everything you've been up to. And that is where we are going to call it for tonight's session. So, I wanted to say thank you to everybody who has decided to stop by and enjoy uh, this little homebrew adventure that we have. I I love doing this game. I, I have a great amount of joy being able to to write fun scenes as well as as be a be a DM for these fantastic players. Uh, and speaking of fantastic players, RJ, where can we find you? What do you do? Ah, shucks, you. 
Hey, my name is RJ here on the show, or you can find me at rjustice2a2 on Twitter and Twitch, where I tweet about the nerdy things in life and sometimes stream Overwatch with two out of the five, five. people here. I can count, sir. I can't. I can't either. You can catch me also on the Tuesday game as Hubris the Tiefling Warlock, or Wednesday coming up as a mystery character on Curse of Strahd. And on Saturday, on Pro Restart Stream at 1 p.m. as Ajax the Initiate on Monster of the Week. Yes. And LB, where can we find you? What do you do? I'm LB Hack'em Up. You can find me here Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, and you will also find me on Wednesday in the Curse of Strahd game playing a mystery character. Mystery. Uh, you can also find me on Fridays on Pro Restarter's channel at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Sunday, you can find me on Encounter Roleplay's channel uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Thursday, I'm not doing anything, damn it. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. I better be doing something. Uh, <sighs> so, Cyber, where can we find you? What do you do? Uh, well, you can find me at twitter.com at cyberwolf1201 or slash cyberwolf1201 but it's at cyberwolf1201 on twitter it's spelled like that yeah um, where i tweet about random stuff uh like uh well in the past couple of days it's all been about about this sleepy girl she's um so good. she's so good um and uh when i stream on my own channel uh twitch.tv slash cyberwolf1201 where i'm currently playing through breath of the wild touching on a whole bunch of juicy lore from across the series uh and and trying to get all those shrines and very many of those korok seeds <sighs> um but yeah for, uh, <laughs> uh, but for other uh role-playing Hello. content you can find me uh on right now right here obviously and uh on thursdays you can find me on twitch.tv slash pro restarter where i am playing a a small a small shifter child uh and oof, things are things are gonna be real good i hope yeah yeah all right awesome uh and check out open for adventure as well yes they are good to us. They are nice people. And if you if you have somehow found my YouTube channel, more let's talk about it coming as soon as I edit it. <laughs> You'll get there. It's okay. All right. And Danae, where can we find you? What do you do? My name is Danae Jo Keener Crompton. You can find me at DanaeKeener.com. That is my Tumblr page. You can find doodles there, uh, including a doodle from tonight. Oh. Um, so that'll that that's going to be going up as soon as we finish up here. So that's Danae Jo Keener Crompton, DanaeKeener.com. All right. And what are you doing this Wednesday? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna run a Curse of Strahd game. Uh, are you guys interested in that? Yeah, you should be there because it's gonna be great. Uh, I like. Oh my gosh, Stephen and LB were speaking in character off camera, and I'm just so excited. I'm so excited for for us to get started on this, and it's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so a should, good time. So you should come and see it. Yeah. Yeah, and 
I am the indoor adventurer. If you have made it this far, you probably already knew that already. But if you didn't, then you can check us out at twitch.tv slash the indoor adventurer, youtube.com slash the indoor adventurer. Uh, we also have a Patreon up. So if you want to join in on some of the uh, festivities that we like to have going on, then you can check that out at patreon.com slash the indoor adventurer. Uh, where by joining in, you can get, uh, you can have what happened to Greybeard happen to you, where your character will eventually find its way into my game, as well as you will gain access to the Discord, as well as a plethora of other amazing things, such as an after show, which we do immediately after this show, where we get to ask each other questions in character, as well as out of character, to find out what is going on in a, in a character or player's mind at any given time as well as answer questions from the community because you guys are awesome and i want to always do what we can to help uh to help give you guys a good show and a good and a good thing to be a part of because i like community and you guys are the best community ever. take that air conditioner repair podcast community oh fucking overtake you i swear to god <laughs> all right so that is going to be our show for the evening i just wanted to say thank you again so much to everybody who stopped by thank you to these players and we will see you guys next time all right everybody Bye bye